Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that gets deep into the psyche of those who have achieved the extraordinary, from sports people to business people to social change innovators, cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success. Brought to you by Running Hot Coaching, the platform that helps you achieve all your health and fitness goals. So here we are, everybody. Thank you for coming back. It's Lisa Tamadi from Pushing the Limits. Welcome to the show if you're a new listener. And if you're a returning listener, it's fantastic to have you back again. Very, very uh, glad to have you here. Now, I have a, a very interesting character with me today, and I'm excited to uh, bring you this interview because I know it's going to be uh, a new insight for you, give you a new perspective and this is a man who's really been there and done that and when I say that he's um, well I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell him everything he's done but he's an adventurer, he's an ultra marathon runner, he's uh, done a lot of meditation he's a coach, he's a guide um, and he's a a man that's worked with a number of uh, Fortune 500 companies and helping companies change their culture He's a man who helps people get more positive impact in their life, if you like, and to change their perspective. So welcome to the show, Rob Harsh, all the way from Boulder, Colorado. (laughs) Is that right? Nice to have you, Rob. Wow, Lisa, that's such an amazing introduction. I'm so glad to be here and talk to uh, all of your listeners. Thank you very much. Hey, look, so I have come across Rob on my travels and when I was looking to do a, uh, a trip to the South America. Now, Rob is an adventurer and a guide, and that's how we've uh, actually connected. So tell them a little bit, uh, Rob, about Mavis, about Dream It, about Inca Trails and this massive trip uh, that we're planning and your experience with it? Because you, you've lived a long, uh, a good period of time in Peru, haven't you? Yeah, so, so I reached a point in my life um, probably about four years ago, and, and, you know, I was working in the corporate world, and I had a very successful career. Uh, I was doing a lot of environmental work. That, that was what I did for these big corporations. And, um, you know... I had an experience in my life where a very close uh, personal friend of mine, my girlfriend, in fact, uh, was stricken with cancer. Oh, wow. And uh, she was given a, a very terrible prognosis of uh, pancreatic cancer with two months to live. Oh. And it, it was a very uh, trying and difficult experience. Uh, and she passed away in two months. Oh. And I came away from that experience realizing how short life is and, and how really, you know, I, the, you know, the very purpose of life is, is to go out and live your dreams and be of service to people. So what I, you know, I've been kind of a, a traveler and an adventurer and an athlete all my life, but I always dreamt of starting my own business, you know, and freeing myself kind of from the chains of corporate America. Yeah, absolutely. So I decided, I decided to move to South America and start, you know, what I thought was going to be like a little guide business. Of course, being the person I, I am, I don't do anything small and I don't do anything halfway. So I explored 
all of Peru, and and I met these amazing people, uh, simple people in Peru, and I got really interested in the idea of doing kind of adventure trips that were um, more immersive, more culturally based, but also told a story. You know, so eventually I devised this this amazing trip in Peru, and it mm. took it it took a couple of years to develop. Um, but I, I became enamored by the story of the Chosky runners, yeah. which were these the the messengers that ran the Inca road. The Inca road stretched the length of South America, the whole Incan Empire, and these were known as some of the most badass athletes to have ever lived. I mean, they were running at 13,000 feet through the Andes mountains, you know, they would run these short little spurts, you know, they would run, uh, I think they said somewhere between four to six miles at a time, but sometimes they would do four legs a day. Wow. So they were running upwards of a marathon a day through the mountains of Peru. And, and they were, you know, they were very fast runners as well. So um, I became enamored with the story of, of how these athletes had such prowess. Yeah. And, and so when I, when I was visiting these high mountain villages, hearing all of these stories of legends and how these runners were able to um, connect with the land through their breath, connect with the land, uh, I mean, they had a way of seeing the world that was different. Um, it reminds me, uh, you know, all these ancient runners from all over the world mm. have a similar story. I mean, we've read books yeah. about ancient runners. Yep. I mean, there's famous books written about, and but they all share a similar story. So I devised a trip that we that we actually ran last year with with an amazing group of uh, Kiwis. Kiwis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it's an amazing trip because. It's a hard track, but it's doable. Uh, you know, I've, I've designed the track where it's doable by anybody. Um, you can track it. You can run it. Uh, it's incredibly challenging as a run, um, and it's challenging as a track, but it's very doable. I mean, we had a, a wonderful, amazing woman who was 65 years old wow. on this last year's track, um, and I think she she lost like 15 or 10 or 15 kgs just before the trip, yeah, she was still, you know, uh, 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 a moderately sized woman, and we got her through this whole trip, and it was just an amazingly inspiring journey to watch her uh. go through this, and to watch everybody go through the trip because everybody we took on this trip, it was like the furthest they had ever gone in their lives, mm. and it was just it was so beautiful to watch them and become inspired by the, all the local people we met and, and by the landscape. And then finishing in this surreal place, you know, one of the seven wonders of the world, Ugh. to go to Machu Picchu. Wow. <laughs> and so, so this yeah. is kind of just a window to, I designed that trip and I decided, well, there's a whole world out there of trips and places just like this. So I started to branch out um, into other places in the world. But Peru is still, like, uh, in my heart, um, 
you know, such a special place for me. Such a amazing, amazing people. And it's funny because the um, Chesky runners are something that I've studied in the past uh, when I was trying to get a TV series off the ground called Run the Planet. And this was mm-hmm. based around that premise that we as human beings are made to move long distances on foot. And that's what our ancestors have done. Um, and so I went and uncovered all these, you know, stories and books that were written about all these different, and the Chesky uh, Runners were one of those stories. And we were trying to get um, Discovery Channel actually on board to 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 do this as a series. We did the pilot, sunk a lot of money into it, <laughs> and it was one of those passion <laughs> projects that uh, we just could not get through the, uh, the 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 hoops that you have to jump through in order to get. You've got to be. I, I th- probably were we were t- probably too real <laughs> and genuine for a TV show of that nature. Um, you know. So, but the stories that we uncovered. This is what humans have always done. We didn't always have cars. We didn't even have horses. We used to run from one village to the next, run, walk, trek, whatever. Uh, huge distances on foot and humans as a species are made to move and I and I really believe that and that's why I think this trip to go where those runners have walked, to see the Inca Trail, to see the incredible scenery, to be immersed in the culture and I know that you're very big on actually seeing things through the eyes of the locals and also employing locals, supporting locals, making sure that this sort of a tourism is actually beneficial to the environment, is beneficial to the culture, rather than the mass tourism thing. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing I discovered while I was in Peru, and this is actually something I've discovered everywhere, but Peru really hit it home for me, is that the greatest resource in all of these countries, these third world countries, is not in the ground. You know, it's not the oil. Yep. It's not the coal. It's not the natural gas. It's not the wood. It's the people. It's it's the traditions that they have followed for thousands of years. The wisdom that they have. Like, I truly believe that in order for us as, as a species to survive... We need those people. Mm-hmm. We need those ancient traditions. And like, you know, for me, running is running is sacred. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've learned so much through running. I mean, it teaches us so, so many things. It, it allows us to connect with the land. It allows us to connect with other people. It allows us to connect with ourselves, with our breath with our minds it's 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 an amazingly spiritual experience for me running is not about a finish line no it's about it's about experiencing life at a different level it's about awakening and and so when when i take people on journeys it it's a return back to who people are i allow people on my journey like i don't prescribe people to have an experience on my trips I allow them to experience themselves on another level by immersing themselves in this new world. And I create, a, a, you know, I create an environment for people to do that. I allow people to push their boundaries, yep. but I don't push them farther than they need to go, yep. uh, you know, unless they're being really stubborn. <laughs> or they need it, and then I give, yeah, I give them a little kick in the ass. Yeah, and, but you know, this this is about empowering people to break through 
not only physical limitations, but the limitations in our minds. Mm -hmm. and, and there's no greater classroom in the world than going on an outdoor adventure. Yeah. I mean, you're in the moment. Oh, I love you're, it. You're experiencing life very fresh. And it's something that, that we experience as runners, you know, going and doing a a running race is is a very present moment experience where it's just you and your breath and your body and the pavement and it's a beautiful amazingly spiritual experience yeah if you let it and if you if you can you know for some people it's all about times and getting first or you know placing but i think for for runners such as we are it's more about the what happens on that adventure between A and B, the dramas that you go through, the crises moments, the moments where you've had to overcome awful despair and pain and suffering, which is a part of the journey because, you know, it isn't all roses. <laughs> um, and, but, but coming out the other side reborn almost, absolutely, totally, utterly exhausted but reborn in another sense. And I think um, – that's what I, I love sharing too. And, and to give people a bit of a background about Rob, he's done over 50 ultra marathons and adventure races and multi-sport events. Uh, you've done Badwater. Uh, so he's a brother from Badwater, um, which I think is really, really awesome. So you really know what you're talking about when it comes to pushing your limits in the outdoors. But in this case, when you're taking a group of you know everyday people, so they don't need to feel like, you know, because we want to do another trip shortly and we want people to, you know, get on board with this. It's not about being an elite athlete. You know, a lot, a lot of times you get people coming to me, oh, I can't train with you. You're you're elite. And I'm going, hell, I've never been elite in my life. You know, and that's not what this journey is about. <laughs> this journey is about you and your experience and pushing beyond what you think you're capable of, but in a supported uh, environment with great guides like yourself um, there to help you. Absolutely. Like I, I view life as, you know, we're all climbing the same mountain. Mm. We're all trying to reach the same summit. And some of us are higher up on the mountain than other people. So like, I think when you get to a higher place in the mountain, what you realize is you didn't get there without the help of other people. Mm. So you naturally are now inclined to reach your hand down to the people lower on the mountain and help them up. And so that is my mission with these trips is, is to help empower people. Um, you know, we go on these great adventures, uh, we push ourselves, but we also have fun. Mm. You know, this is about living life to its fullest and and then going back into the world going back into our everyday lives taking those lessons back and 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 you know living uh to to our greater potential in our everyday lives yeah. um so these 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 journeys are, are you know transformational in so many ways but but it's also you know they're also fun I mean, like, you know, there's no point in doing any of this unless we're going to go and have fun. Yeah, and, and what a place to do it. I mean, tell us a little bit about Machu Picchu, for example. Like, you know, what, what <laughs> I can't imagine. I've seen the pictures, but, you know, I, I, I can't imagine myself. I, I can't wait to stand there and actually see it. Is it pretty magical? Yeah, so, 
so what's interesting about the trip we do is we go to multiple ruins. So so we trek. So we're not on what people would traditionally call the Inca Trail. Right. We trek. We trek on what we call the Inca Road. So this is real Inca Road. This is the road that stretched the entire Incan Empire. So we go. We start by going to the the lost city of Chokicarao which is literally translates into the cradle of gold. Mm. And it's a, it's, it's an Inca ruin as big as Machu Picchu at 10,000 feet in a cloud forest. Wow. And it's, it's like going to Machu Picchu in the seventies because it's only 30% uncovered. Most of it is in the jungle. Um, but there's these beautiful sections which which have been cleared and preserved, and it, it's 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 different than Machu Picchu. I won't say it's like as dramatic, but there's something powerful about the site. All of these sites were built on like energetic ley lines, yep. so when you're there, um, you you feel like an energy. Uh, it's hard for me to explain that, um, but but you just feel this energy from being in that place. It's a sacred place. Um, Machu Picchu, on the other hand, is visually mind blowing. I mean, you look at it, and you're it, you know, it's this city perched on a ridge, you know, uh, up in the Andes Mountains. More in a, it's a little bit more lush there. And there's these huge monolithic blocks that have been carved to perfection. And the energy there is just, it's just unreal. Uh, you're there and you're just, you're, you're in the clouds. Oh, sounds magnificent. And I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> it, it, it's an amazing place to visit. I've been there, I've been there seven times now. Yeah, and you have local guides too that help you out there so that the group's, you know, well supported with... Um, you know, food and tents and all the rest of it. Yeah, this is uh, the trip. The way I run trips is fully inclusive. We we eat amazing food. In fact, you know, like uh, the 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 folks that came on this trip were okay, so better. surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have a, we have a guy with white gloves and a bow tie and white tablecloths <laughs> out, out in the middle of the bush. Oh my. in the mountains. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. People are amazingly well taken care of. Oh, that, that sounds like a fabulous trip. Now, let's delve back into a little bit more about yourself because, you know, you, you, you ditched a successful corporate career, went off into the wilderness, literally. You just lost your girlfriend to this horrific disease. Were you having like a midlife massive crisis? Or had you already been on this journey and this was just the thing that just shoved you out, out the door, so to speak, and, and realizing that, like you said, life is short and, you know, um, you've got to do something with the rest of it? Yeah, I mean, I think what I realized is that, you know, my true love was, was guiding people serving people, but, and the vehicle was in the outdoors. So, you know, I had the benefit of having a great career and being able to spend time traveling and doing these great races uh, and going on these great trips around the world. 
I just got to a point in my life, you know, after that tragedy of my girlfriend passing from cancer, where I realized how short life was, and I realized that there was actually a misalignment of of what I was really, you know, as spending fifty hours, sixty hours a week, you know, working for this ginormous corporation yeah. with goals yeah. and yeah. and targets, you know. Yep. development plans and blah 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 which is great you know it, it, you know it's it, it you know it, it it's good for some people it just what i realized was there was a misalignment for me and and what i realized is that there was you know of, of all the fearless things that i've done in my life you know climbing mountains and jumping out of planes and diving in the ocean and and all this stuff i was still really afraid to kind of go off on my own and blaze my own path. Yep. Totally and so, so through that tragedy, it kind of woke me up a little bit to realize that, that, you know, if I'm not in alignment with who I authentically am and blazing my own way and blazing your own way is, is not easy. No. <laughs> I mean, I found that Never. there was a reason I feared it, but, but, you know, looking back now, it was it's all perfectly designed, like every everything that's being handed to you in life, all the challenges are preparing you for the next step yep. in life. And, and if, if you are, uh, uh, you know, for me, I, it was it was a time where I was just I was ready to take that next leap in my life. So, so that's what I did. I, I quit my job, sold my house, everything I owned, and I moved to South America. Wow. <laughs> and never looked back. <laughs> and then, but that didn't all go plain sailing. You've been struggling with your own personal journey. Do you mind sharing what the hell you've been going through and, and, and your approach to dealing with this um, next really difficult, you know, path that you've been on. Yeah. yeah so it's really interesting. Like I, I do believe like life is, is perfectly engineered. Like everything that, that comes into our life comes into our life for purpose. Uh, it's like a big jigsaw puzzle and we collect these pieces over our lives. We don't necessarily know what that piece is, but over time, all those pieces start to fit together into a larger picture. And for me, like, so I started on this journey of really chasing my dreams for real um, and building a business and, 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 you know, following my passion in life. And then all of a sudden, you know, something, something wasn't right. And I, and I, I, I came back to the United States and uh, I was stricken with, a, at the time, what we thought was a mystery illness. And initially, all the doctors, you know, I said, oh, wow, I've been living in Peru for, for a year and a half. And, and uh, uh, they said, oh, well, you must have some kind of infectious disease. Yeah. So they're sending me to get tested by, you know, infectious disease specialists. Then my blood test came back, and I initially tested positive for tuberculosis. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. I'm like, I haven't been anywhere, you know, where there's prevalence of tuberculosis. But anyway, at that point, I was mandated 
by law to go to the the state health department because that uh, tuberculosis is like a public health threat. So they did some deeper tests and eventually it came back negative. I didn't have tuberculosis. So by this time, this is like four months later and I'm dealing with, I mean, the way this came about for me is I was coughing up blood. Wow. Okay. So yeah, uh, seriously, oh. severe, yep. severe respiratory problems. And initially the doctor's like, no, it's bronchitis. We're going to give you antibiotics and you're uh, going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I know that antibiotics don't cure bronchitis. No. So, <laughs> you know, go fish. Let's go try. Let's go look at something else. Yeah. And then, you know, I asked them, I said, let's do some scans, you know, let's look, you know, good on you. These other things. Um, so this doctor at the state health department said, well, it's not tuberculosis. So he called my doctor. And the interesting thing about a state health department is these guys are like forensic doctors. So they have to find out what's wrong with you. So he called my doctor and said, you need to get this guy some scans. You know, you need to look for this, this and this. And so finally, you know, a couple of weeks went by, my insurance denied the scans and then finally got approval. Uh, you know, this is kind yeah, of healthcare yeah. in America. The typical rubbish. And, uh, yeah. So it's a struggle. You know, the system's a struggle. You know, doctors are well-intentioned, but the system is kind of yeah. broken. But anyway, I finally got a CT scan and I leave the hospital and not 10 minutes later, I get a call from my doctor. And he says, you have to come back. Yep. I'm serious. And, uh, at that point, I knew. I knew that was cancer. Shit. And uh, I went back, and uh, he told me the prognosis. It was uh, stage four oh, metastasized right. lung cancer. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'd just been given a couple months to live. Wow. Literally. A couple of months. Uh, so metastasized means that it actually spread to uh, or broken off in pieces into other parts of the body, or yeah, it spread to my lymph nodes, yeah, and and into my bones. Holy heck! So this is the worst so, prognosis you can possibly have. Really, it's the same prognosis. It's the same prognosis my girlfriend got. Exactly, uh, she had pan- pancreatic, yeah. but same, same time thing. frame. How did that, um, like, how, how, I mean, obviously, you know, you're even talking about it's tough, isn't it? How did you react in that first moment, having been through the journey recently with your girlfriend? You know, so, so through all the challenges and struggles that I'd been through in life, um, you know, through the, the ultras and the racing, and they, they teach you how, they teach you how to, overcome adversity they (laughs) They teach you how to how to suffer well yeah (laughs) uh, in a way but but there was something about my journey you know when i connected with the indigenous people and you know there was more of a spiritual journey that i went on when i was in peru you know learning about the the uh you know kind of the worldview that the 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 Inca people have down there and their connection with the land uh, and their connection with the mountains. So I went through kind of a transformation there and, you know, I was in shock 
you know, with the prognosis, but there was something in me that took over. Yep. And I remember I collected, you know, I brought all my friends and family together in Colorado. And I said, I said to them, you know, cancer is a story, you know, it's a story in the mind. And, and that's where the root of illness starts. And I don't know where this came from, but what I believed from the very onset was that cancer was a gift and that it very well may kill me, but along the way, it's certainly going to heal me. And so the approach that I took from the very onset was the only thing that I have to figure out how to do is to learn what cancer is teaching me. You know, and that is to truly uh, face down all of my demons. Yep. Wow. Um, and and to make to make peace with myself, to make peace with my family, to make peace with the people in my life. Um, because if I'm gonna go, I want to be content. Yeah. When I go, so I just viewed this as an opportunity to die well. But what happened along the way with this viewpoint, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're running a race, you know, and there's a point in the race where you get to a point where you just don't feel like you can continue on physically. Yeah. Yeah. But then something in your mind clicks over. It's like you surrender, like you're here this is in front of you and you have to continue forward and somewhere in your mind you surrender and it's not the surrender like you're giving up it's the surrender that is is about letting go and so for me this past year has all been about letting go and and rewriting my story yep because I truly believe that cancer, uh, uh, I manifested cancer, mm. you know, mm. uh, it, it came, you know, it, yes, yeah, certainly it was a combination of things, but, uh, it was something that I had control of in my mind. Yep. And so did you, you didn't set out to, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to throw everything at it. Or was that a part of it? But because I'm, I'm, I, I can't imagine such a diagnosis, you know, like in such a short time frame to get, you know, get yourself through this. And this is now, we're talking a year ago, this diagnosis. So obviously something's, you've done something, you know, you're still here. You're still healthy. You're still living life. You're still doing everything that you were before how so it's been about letting go so that's like letting go of issues that you've got demons unforgiveness all those sort of things coming up in your life was there also an element of fighting so so i won't say it's an element i won't say fighting because fighting uh um fighting is a conflict you know and this is about relieving conflict um so there was a point 
last December where my doctor called me up. And uh, so I, I had initially started taking um, a targeted therapy drug. You know, I told him there's no way I'm doing chemo. Uh, there's no way I'm doing radiation. Uh, but I tested positive for this one gene, which is basically, I have the rarest form of lung cancer. It only afflicts like 5% of the people. It's the, it's the non-smokers version of yeah. lung cancer. Wow. Um, and so it turns out that there was a targeted therapy for it. Um, and I started taking that. Um, but in, in, Early December of last year, my doctor called me up after I had a scan, and he said, well, he said the, the cancer's getting worse, um, and, and that he wanted me to, to switch over to another therapy and actually to start doing chemo. And I had already started doing these alternative natural therapies, you know, nutrition, and I was doing a lot of mindfulness and meditation. Uh, I was trying to get out and walk. Yep. Um, you know, at the same time, I had tubes coming out of my chest because oh, I had man. a plural. Yeah. Had a plural effusion in my chest. I had edema, yep. and I was draining um, uh, like three quarters of a liter of liquid out of my lung every day. Holy hell! That's amazing. So, so he calls me up and says, "Hey, I want you to consider doing chemo," and and so I went on a hike you know, as, as well as I could hike at that time. And, and I started climbing up a, a, a small mountain by my house in Colorado and I got to the top of the mountain and I had a vision. Uh, and I don't know if that vision was because I'd been meditating so deeply. I don't know if it, it was because I was dealing with my mortality. I don't know if it was because, you know, I was taking a, a CBD oil yep. as a natural therapy as well so i don't know if that was causing me to to be hallucinations like or yeah different lucid yeah uh, but i had i had a vision on top of the mountain which was me guiding a group of people up a smoke stone path above machu picchu oh, wow <laughs> crazy, crazy yeah and yeah it was in that moment that i decided that's what i was gonna do and so you're sick as like, a dog you're facing your mortality within weeks and you decide to take a bunch of strangers and give them an experience on the Inca Trail. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, like I decided like I had, I had, I had fought really hard for this dream of, of, you know, going out and, and creating my own business to, you know, bring people to these amazing places. But for me, it's not like a travel business. It's like it's 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 a business to help people transform their lives in some way, whatever yep. way they want. And I, I said, you know, if I'm going to die, I'm going to try and do this one thing before I die so I can have, you know, this peace in my life. So I started training because that's what I knew how to do. Yeah. Yep. You're an athlete. You know, yeah. To do an eco challenge and all these crazy things that we've done. Um, I said, okay, I'm just going to start training. And I just started putting one foot in front of the, the other. And before I knew it, I was hiking 35 plus miles a week. Wow. And I couldn't run. I mean, I, I, I didn't have, no. I didn't have very many gears. Yeah. So <laughs> but you were moving forward. Uh, 
but but it's you know it's like those times in an ultra race where, oh yeah you know you just you're, you you're just walking walk. yep uh, and i was also practicing mindfulness and meditation and what i was doing was i was practicing visualization yeah i was practicing visualization on a scale where I was, I was obliterating the limiting story of I'm sick with cancer, I'm going to die, to seeing myself healthy and completely healed in this moment and being able to guide people on a trip to Machu Picchu. Wow. That's incredible. That's an incredible um, mindset, you know, um, and then you have to actually take on the responsibility of these people too. And, and a, you know, you could you could take a you know turn for the worse at any moment. You could take a dive while you're in the middle of this yeah. trip. You know, did yeah. those thoughts occur to you at all? Absolutely. Like it, it, it put me in the place of a client. Yeah. With all the fears that a client would have about trekking through the Andes Mountains. With a guy you know, who's got it, lung it, cancer. <laughs> Yeah, so like you know, I work with my guide. You know, I have a I have an amazing Peruvian guide with amazing staff, yeah. and we had, you know, extra mules. You know, we had oxygen canisters. We had first aid. We had sat phones. Yeah. You know, we had all the. You did you know, what for you me, could. I was, yeah. For me, I was very aware of the fact that that might be the last thing I ever did in my life. That I could go up into the Andes Mountains and I could get edema, yeah, very easily, yeah, and hell. I could have died. Because altitude and lungs don't mix, mate. <laughs> yeah, but but something happened along the way. It was incredible. I was sitting in the hotel room, and I was in Cusco at eleven and a half thousand feet, which is pretty high, and. Uh, you know, I was having all kinds of anxiety and, and physical reactions. And I, I was kind of like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, you know. And all of a sudden, the group arrived. And I welcomed the group. And I just went into guide mode. Yep, totally good. And the next 10 days, I forgot I had cancer. Oh, my gosh. That is an incredible story. And... And um, nobody in the group knew I was sick. Really? I mean, I was I was kind of slow, you know, but I think they appreciated my pace. Yeah, you know? probably quite happy. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they didn't know. And then we got to Machu Picchu and I and I at the end I held the ceremony like a closing ceremony for the trip. And and uh, it was at that point I told everybody that that I had been sick Um so the trip went off in an amazing fashion. Everybody had an amazing time. And then I came back to the States. And a couple of weeks after that, I did a scan. And uh, the tumor the tumor in my lung had nearly disappeared. Wow. It was amazing. It was basically 90% gone. And it was just kind of like a shell of a tumor. Really? Um, then, then I had just a lot of scarring tissue in my lungs and, and things like that. And then from there, the healing has just continued. Continued. Uh, based oh, on uh, everything everything that I had been doing, uh, I just continued to maintain. So you didn't uh, have chemo next... at all? You, you, nope. 
turned your back on that and went, no, I'm going to do this naturally. Um, what do your doctors think? Apart from they think that you're mad because you went to much Picchu with this ailment. Um, you know, it's funny, you know, doctors, you know, doctors know what they know. Uh, I have a very good doctor. Um, you know, I've continued to, to take this one, uh, targeted therapy, yep. not, no, not knowing whether it's actually working or not. Yep. Um, but what, what I've chosen to do is look at this holistically. Yeah. You know, that, you know, while I, I didn't do traditional chemo or radiation, I do have an oncologist and I do listen to him. But I also listen to everything that I've learned in life and learn, everything I've learned about nutrition, everything I've learned about fitness. Uh, you know, I, I found teachers to teach me mindfulness and meditation at a high level. I did uh, sound healing, sound therapy. Yep. Um, you, you know, so I, you threw I kind everything. of just looked at it. Yeah, I did it holistically. And, and so I'm not trying to create conflict between alternative medicine and allopathic medicine. No. It, it all has a place. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to tell my story because I want to expand people's mindsets to say, this isn't just about taking drugs. This isn't about getting treatments. This is, this is about your whole person, you know, mind, body, and spirit, you know, cancer doesn't just arrive out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, uh, there's environmental conditions, emotional conditions, uh, spiritual conditions that are created, which invite illness. Yeah. And I had to, I had to be very humble at a certain point to discover what it was that I did that brought this illness about. Totally. You know, I had yep. to let go of, you know, as an athlete, mm. I had to let go of pride yep. and ego and, and, and really say, you know, how, how did I, how, what was my part in creating this illness? Yeah. Cause cancer just doesn't happen. Uh, uh, you, some illnesses do, yeah. you know, some people are just afflicted with illnesses and they Genetically just happen. Genetically or me, whatever. Yep. For me, I saw it as a correctable kind of thing. Yeah. You know? I've and, done and this like, and the, somehow I'm going to get it back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think the extreme lifestyle that you'd lived as an athlete had anything to do with you getting cancer? Um, I ask this because... I've been on a journey this year where I've had tumors, benign ones, not cancerous, um, but in the uterus causing massive, massive problems. And I was like, like the, the, the traditional medicine said, have a hysterectomy, chop it all out. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to look at this. Why has this happened? So I started to dig much deeper onto it and came across some damage that I had done as an athlete damage to the kidneys, damage to the liver, damage to my thyroid and uh, my metabolism, um, the way I process hormones, etc. And this is what I believe has led to the the ending result. And, and it's now resolved and I haven't had a hysterectomy. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I've managed to touch wood. Um, things have 
are back on track. Um, but it was, a, a, and this was nothing compared to your journey. I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, facing a terminal illness, but it did make me reevaluate. Okay, I have done some damage, you know, because I've I've always been very much about, you know, with the mind you can do anything, and I can push through any barrier, and I can handle anything, and I'm tough and I'm strong, and and so on. And and this journey has made, and the journey even with my mum, has made me go. Actually, you know, we're not superhuman. We are breakable. There is something that I've done in the past that has damaged me in some way. How can I fix it? How can I stop it happening again? How can I be a more balanced human but still live this full, crazy adventure of a life that I want to have? Um, and, you know, I'm not, no, by no means there, but it, it has been a, a massive learning curve, even this little journey. Compared to yours, I can't imagine. Um, and compared to, you know, the bravery of taking a group. And you know when you said you didn't know how – you're sitting in the hotel room before they arrived and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, what the hell am I doing? I don't think I can do this. Um, and as soon as those people arrive and you you instantly you're uh, transported into being there for someone else. And you would have experienced this in ultramarathons too when – when I've been, you know, and you've probably been running along absolutely dead on your feet going, how the hell am I going to get through this event? I've got another, I don't know, 100 miles to go and I'm totally and utterly exhausted. And then you come across a mate out there, another runner who's in worse shape and you start to look after them and then all of a sudden you're powering on. You forget yourself in the moment where you're helping someone else and I've seen this time and again where them being sick or them being in trouble has actually made you stronger because yeah. you're helping and you're outside of yourself. I think that's a powerful yeah. uh, lesson somewhere in there. Yeah, so I, I'm with you and I'm following you on, on your line of thought there. So so I'm writing a book now. Uh, and the book is called Running Running for My Life, Running <laughs> for Your Life. Um and, and I believe everything in life has to do with our intention. You know, so for me, like I've had to go back and I've had to deconstruct parts of my life, you know, as part of this cancer journey, you know, facing my demons, I've had to go back and deconstruct my life and figure out, well, what was the story I was telling myself? Because once you know the, the real story in your unconscious mind, yeah. You know, because that's what's running the programs in your mind unconsciously. Uh, then you can figure out how to rewrite uh, and create a new story and shift your energy. So I would say that, you know, my running, you know, I'd say running and, and like this journey from a fitness standpoint is kind of a double edged sword. Like there's so much to be gained from the experience, but yet at the same time, we're seeking and we're pushing ourselves um, in some ways away from what's happening right now in the moment. Because, you know, maybe we're not necessarily satisfied with who we are right now in this moment. Yep. So we need to strive to be better. Yep. But so it's in the intention of, why are we striving to be better? You know, I, I think innately as humans, we, 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 we do 
seek, we do explore and we do strive. That's what makes us powerful. But, but there's a positive side and a negative side, mm. a light and a dark side. And I think for a lot of us runners, especially extreme runners, there's a dark side. Oh, yeah. You know, so like running, you know, I'm aptly t- titling my book Running for My Life because it's about running. But what was I running from? Yep. You know, and I had to really deconstruct that and, and see that those that shadow part of the journey was was affecting me physically like like there's a negative energy which is creating some kind of uh resistance within me you know shaman like if you go look and look at it indigenous medicine men shaman like in the in the inca uh in the peruvian andes they believe that all illness is energy that's trapped in the body. Yep. So the way that they work to heal you is to release the energy that's trapped in your body. And then you become healed. So it's very similar to how I approached uh, healing myself through this mindset. It was kind of a, you know, a shamanistic way. But what happened really is I found, um, I ended up finding uh, a, a real deal enlightened Buddhist master from Tibet, and uh, I went to uh, I went to him to learn the this practice called Poa, which is it, it, for Tibetan Buddhists, it's it's the practice of dying. You know, because at one point, you know, yep. I, I thought that that's what was going to happen, so I wanted to learn how to die well. And I went and sat with this guy for a couple of days and he blew my mind uh, because he, what he was describing in this practice of POA and and this Tibetan view of dying was everything that I was experiencing. So I ended up going back and becoming a student of his and learning mindfulness and meditation uh, from a Tibetan Buddhist. And so for me, the takeaway here was that what he truly taught me how to do was to come back to the middle way. So instead of going to these extremes, at least, I mean, I still push hard. Mm. I mean, yeah. you know, I still want to be a successful person in life. Um, but, but it's about intention. You know, are we running away from something or are we running to something or, or are we just running and just, you know, being who we are in the present moment? So he taught me like these incredible uh, practices of how to overcome fear, how to overcome anxiety, uh, how to let go of, yeah. of, 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 of these negative emotions, but also how to transform them into a, a, a more positive way of seeing the world. And so now my intention is completely different. The way I see uh, uh, myself and, the, and others in the world is completely different. So now like I could, I could decide cause now I'm running again. Oh, wow. Uh, awesome. A year later I'm running, I'm running five miles a day. Wow. That's amazing. Which right? for a, 
Absolutely amazing. For a guy, so a, a year ago, I couldn't climb the stairs in my house. Wow. Because I, I had no lung capacity. And I suffered muscle atrophy for for quite a while. So So the fact that I'm running five miles a day is amazing. But my intention's completely different now. Like instead of running away from something, I'm running towards something. Yep. And, and so I won't say necessarily that doing extreme endurance events is going to make people ill or sick. I think it comes down to our individual mindset. And so this is what I do as a coach. This is what I do as a guide is I help people see their story and and I help people transform their story, you know, cause we all have blinders. Yeah. You know, we have a blind spot, you know, your friends could always tell, right. Your <laughs> friends say they can always see you for who you are, yeah. but, but somehow we have trouble seeing us for who we are. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I agree with you, but it, I think it has to do with intention. Yeah, and I think, I mean, oh, this is obviously, I've still, I think for me personally, I've got a, still a lot of work in that area to do, that, yet that a lot of the extreme stuff that I did came from a negative place of mm. anger, of wanting to prove, of, you know, all the plethora of things that young people go through. Um, and now it's about finding balance, but still... Yep still achieving what you want to achieve but in a in a w- with a more positive energy um so that's probably the the challenge for me now <laughs> hey look rob i won't i we will have to wrap it up we've nearly come to a full hour of absolute in-depth amazing discussion and i um am feeling very moved by your story i'm feeling very connected mm. to you i think um your bravery your your approach to this whole thing incredible um, and I'm really looking forward to going on a trip with you, learning from you, taking a bunch of people, hopefully some of the listeners out there who have listened to this and want to be you know, involved in something very cool, um, they can get in touch with you or with me. Um, Rob, where can people find you? Where can people you know, get in touch with you, ask you questions, find out about you? Where's the best place to contact you? Yeah, absolutely. People can visit me at uh, awakenedadventures.com and they can find out about my trips. They can find out about my my training and my coaching. Uh, they can follow, You can always follow me for free on social media. Um, and I have some offers on my website. I have a free uh, mindfulness ebook yep. that I wrote. And I, I do various forms of coaching and energy assessments and things like that. So, wow. Wow. Uh, so it's people really can, wonderful connect, yeah. connecting with you today. And, uh, uh, yeah, I hope your listeners uh, have gained something uh, valuable from hearing, hearing Oh, my gosh, yes. Absolutely, Rob. And um, what I'm going to actually ask, Rob, and I haven't pre-prepared uh, him for this, but I do hope to have a couple of um, clinics, we'll call them. So maybe on Facebook Live or via some sort of technology, we'll work that out later, where we can delve into a couple more issues uh, around, say, what's it like to train at altitude or uh, what sort of gear do you take on such a trip or some of this more deeply spiritual stuff, um, uh, especially for those people interested in maybe coming on an adventure with Rob. Um, you know, I think this would be an invaluable thing going forward. But I just want to 
you know, really thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking this time to share your story honestly, openly, without any ego, without any, you know, bravado. Um, I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's an incredible journey and, I, and I'm, I'm sure that the listeners will take away something absolutely magical out of today's discussion. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, and uh, I can't wait to go on a trip with you. Oh, it's going to be awesome, mate. It's going to be awesome. Wanted to let you guys know about my new Mindset Academy. It's called The Path of an Athlete and it's all about how to develop mental toughness, resilience, leadership skills, how to overcome those limiting beliefs, those self-doubts that we all have and how you can achieve your dreams and fulfill your potential. So head on over to lisatamati.co.nz forward slash e-course to find out all about it and get involved. You've been listening to Pushing the Limits, brought to you by Running Hot Coaching, your online health and fitness coaching platform. For more information, visit us at www.runninghotcoaching.com.